Finance, the least favorite topic of discussion for many, but one of the most critical in a rural healthcare environment. The financial challenges rural hospitals face are often a symptom of larger issues affecting rural hospitals, but one that needs managing nonetheless. So, how do we pursue strong financial health in the midst of complex reimbursement structures, ever-changing regulations, and industry-shifting pandemics? With skilled financial teams, best practices, and a constant effort to seek out new programs and funding mechanisms. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 25 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and CEO of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So today we're on Part 4 of our series on the healthcare pillars. So far, we've covered people, service, and quality. Now, we are on to finance. We are lucky to have a healthcare finance leader with years of experience who has had a strong impact on our finance operations here at Hillsdale Hospital with us today. That's right, Rachel. Our guest today is Mark Gross, Vice President and Chief Financial Officer for Hillsdale Hospital. So welcome to Rural Health Rising, Mark. Thank you, JJ and Rachel. It's been very good to be here. So, Mark, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work at Hillsdale Hospital? Sure. I have worked in healthcare for over 20 years. My first job in healthcare was in 1999 at Lakeshore Community Hospital in Shelby, Michigan. Lakeshore was part of a bigger health system called Hackley Hospital there in Muskegon, and I eventually transitioned to the finance team at Hackley. I was at Hackley for 10 years. I started out as a senior accountant and eventually became the vice president of finance. In 2007, Hackley Hospital merged with Mercy Health, which is part of Trinity Health, which is a big uh, health system. I worked for Mercy for about three years and then moved to South Haven to become their CFO. I was at South Haven for seven years, was then the CFO at North Ottawa Community Hospital in Grand Haven, and then became the CFO here at Hillsdale. At Hillsdale, I'm I'm responsible for leading all the financial aspects of the hospital, including finance, budget, reimbursement, and revenue cycle, and I've been here three years. So, Rachel, I've often said in some of our meetings uh, that this is the best CFO I've ever worked for, and I I truly mean that. Uh, And I say work for because uh, Mark Gross is extremely knowledgeable in his sector of finance. And so, you know, I take his lead in many of these areas uh, in his advice, which is uh, very, very excellent advice. And uh, Mark has weathered uh, some very significant financial storms in his career, but even more so here at Hillsdale Hospital. And I tried getting him the first time. Uh, and he actually said no to me. Uh, he actually turned me down. <laughs> I and did. he went to another place. I did. And I was really angry at this guy because I thought, man, I, he's going to come here. Loves the environment, loves the hospital. Uh, but he, he broke chose your heart. But unfortunately, you know, for him, he had to make a family decision. Uh, close to home was a hospital. But I had the opportunity then one day, uh, things weren't working out so well with uh, the person that was in the seat. Uh, in CFO position. And I just, out of the blue, no reason why I'd even call Mark Gross, but I texted him and I said, hey, you wouldn't have to be looking for a CFO position, would you? And within seconds I got, let's talk. And I'm like, oh, 
Nice. I got one. And so uh, yeah, I, I, think, think, I think you just called on the right day. The right I think day. I was having a bad day. And yeah. I'm like, thank God I sure, did. Let's, thank God I didn't call the day before. Right, right. That's the power right. of persistence. It sure is. And so as a result of that, we have one of the best CFOs uh, in the industry who I'm excited to talk with today, Rachel. So, uh, Mark, now that we've established who you are and what you do and certainly a, a striking background of you know CFO uh, responsibilities and finance, um, we do this little segment on every episode so our guests get to know you just a little bit better. So, Mark, um, what is your why? In other words, what motivates you and what gets you up out of bed in the morning? You know, I think, first of all, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I love my job. I think that's very important. I enjoy the people that I work with. Um, I enjoy the challenges of being a CFO, especially for a rural hospital and, you know, to, to provide a positive impact on the community. You know, it seems like there's a challenge every day, and I really enjoy that. Each and every day, Mark, is a new opportunity, isn't it? <laughs> Especially in the, in the midst, and we'll talk about it here in just a few minutes, uh, you know, of, of what's happened during COVID. You know, right. obviously, you and I in our industry have never been through a global pandemic. Exactly. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that means. But, you know, not, now that we've kind of established the why and who you are, and uh, certainly we know your passion for finance, um, tell us a little bit about healthcare finance in general. In other words, what makes it unique from the finance work that uh, you might do in another industry, you know, factories or whatever it is? Why is healthcare unique? Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's really a simple question, actually. It's, and it's really about the way that hospitals get reimbursed for the services that they provide. It's extremely complex and it's constantly changing. You know, we have contracts with many insurance companies that have different rates. Um, Medicare and Medicaid, uh, they basically determine the amount that they're going to pay us and they determine the amount that we're allowed to bill patients for their uh, copay and deductible. You know, a good example of this is how we're paid if the patient stays overnight. That patient may be classified as an inpatient or may be classified as an observation patient. Even though our nursing care, our nursing staff is taking care of that patient the same way, providing same quality service, the way that patient status is determined impacts not only how we get paid, but how much that patient has to pay as well. So, it's a very unique process, unlike any other service industry where you basically bill for your time. I think that's really interesting because we've talked on this show before about how with healthcare, people want to apply your typical free market economic principles. And what you just said demonstrates why that doesn't really work because, you know, I know in my, my marketing background, most people think of marketing as promotion, but marketing is product, place, price, and promotion. And we don't get to determine price. No. So it's so different with what we do. And I imagine that's where a lot of the difficulties come from, too, when we talk about the challenges and finance with rural hospitals being a symptom of bigger issues. That's one of the issues or one of the driving factors. But speaking of rural in particular, would you say it's more challenging in a rural healthcare organization, an independent one, than, say, a larger system or hospital because you have both of those experiences? And how would you compare those challenges for us versus maybe what our urban and suburban counterparts are dealing with? Yeah, I would say, you know, throughout my career, I've seen two things that really impact rural hospital the most. And, and the first is what we call payer mix, which is basically a, a breakdown of the percentage of patients that the hospital has that have Medicare or Medicaid or private insurance or even no insurance. You know, here at Hillsdale, Medicare, Medicaid and patients with no insurance represent 70 percent of our business. Mm -hmm. And historically, we lose money on that mixture. Mm -hmm. 
So we need to be profitable on the remaining 30% in order to continue to invest in technology and equipment and people in our facility. The other challenge I see that Rural Hospital has is, is recruiting talent, whether it's physicians or nurses or housekeepers. You know, for example, I mentioned how complex reimbursement is. Um, one of my departments is patient accounts, and, and we need experienced billing staff that understand that complexity. And that can be a challenge in a small community like Hillsdale. You know, when we have a vacancy, ideally we like to have an experienced hospital biller, but we can rarely find that. So you know, we have to then hire the best candidate and train them on hospital billing, but that's the kind of commitment that we need to make so that we're billing appropriately. How long does it take to train a new biller when you bring somebody in? I mean, that's got to be quite an extensive process. It's not like a one-month orientation, I'm sure. No, no. It, it can take, you know, it can take, actually it can take three to five years yes, because, because wow. there's so many different insurance. You know, right now we have a, a Medicare biller and they're focused on Medicare. And, you know, the, our, currently our Medicare biller has done other insurance companies, so she could step into a different insurance company. But if that person has only done Medicare, to get, step into the commercial insurance world is a huge challenge and vice versa. So, you know, to ultimately understand all of the insurance, it can probably take three to five years. Wow. And then you balance that with uh, the market today. And what happens is we train these individuals. And because of the attractiveness of staying home, they may work for another organization as soon as we get them trained. And so those are some of the complexities of trying to find the, the workforce of the future. You know, how can we make sure that they're here engaged, but also the generation which we live in? We know, Rachel, people want to work from home. Right. And how do you do that in a structure like ours, which is ever-changing? This is the biggest, I think, challenge, Mark, that, that we face in finance and operations. Yeah, and, and it's a community impact, too, because, you know, that, that say we have 10 billers, you know, we could hire 10 billers working at home from any part of the country. But how does that impact the economy of Hillsdale? Right. You don't want that negative impact on the community. So there's that fine balance as far as you know, committing to employees being employed here in Hillsdale and then getting the job done that needs to be done. So, Mark, what do we do about all this? You know, uh, as we look at this, what strategies, you know, specifically do rural hospitals employ or need to employ uh, in order to stabilize their finances as best as possible? And so, you know, we have all of these changing reimbursement structures that you just shared with us, but we also have the complexities of unfunded mandates. We're experiencing that right now with the government and COVID-19. And then we we throw on top of that, you know, just a, a market in an environment where people think big is better and or where our economy economy and the community starts to suffer from businesses and industry leaving. So with all of those things, those environmental factors, you know, how do we, uh, despite all of those challenges, uh, how do we best position ourselves to stabilize finances? I think we're seeing more rural hospitals look at the total continuum of care extended beyond the four walls of the hospital. You know, here at Hillsdale Hospital, we have a primary care and specialty practices. We have other service lines like home care, uh, durable medical equipment, and specialty units like a behavioral health unit and skilled nursing facility. So I think it's looking at different revenue streams in order to um, continue to provide for those services that, quite frankly, don't pay well, like an ED or a medical surgical floor. You know, you have to look at different revenue streams going forward. Absolutely. 
And that's we've talked about that a lot on this show as well when we talk about some of the challenges that occur or the the lack of access to care that happens when a a small hospital is purchased by a large hospital because typically those services that lose money if they're making money in you know wherever the mothership is or you know where they're headquartered it's easier for them to say well we're just going to cut this service in that community because it's losing money than to say what other revenue streams can we identify within that community to help support those service lines that are losing money, which is why we often see the OB units close uh, first whenever hospitals get purchased. Um, But all that said, what are some of the major missteps that rural hospitals take when it comes to finances that can end up leading to their ultimate downfall? I mean, we've also talked plenty of times about all the, the hospitals that have closed in America since 2010, the more than 130 in rural environments. Um, again, financial challenges, symptoms of larger issues surrounding rural health care, but they still have to be managed well. So some are, what are some of the things people do that maybe they shouldn't be doing in a rural environment that then kind of leads to that ultimate failure? Right. You know, there's a phrase that guides me as a CFO, no margin, no mission, meaning that even though we are a not-for-profit organization, we still need to make a profit to continue to invest in our future and to provide for the health care needs of of Hillsdale. I think the challenges rural hospitals face is that a community hospital, they want to be everything to everybody. Mm. And unfortunately, today, it's not sustainable. Uh, a good example is that here at Hillsdale, a few years ago, we made the decision to close our oncology service. Uh, that decision was made because Medicare significantly reduced our reimbursement for the oncology drugs. Mm. which caused a challenge to provide quality Mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. Um, Our key point, our selling point, is not oncology, being Mm -hmm. a rural hospital. And so we had to make that difficult decision, and I think it was the right, correct decision that we made. And often the most difficult in a small rural community where those are lives. Right. And those are impacting lives. But, you know, what we knew is that if we didn't make that decision today, it was going to have a negative impact in the future financially for our hospital. And it's hard because we're talking about cancer services, for goodness sakes, right. you know, and uh, what we had to do is ensure that we were linked up to the right party to have those continuum of services outside the walls of the hospital and the county. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where the rubber meets the road is not just ending a program, but also can you establish a relationship right. with other providers and communities not too far from you to make sure that you have that continuity of care. And mm-hmm. if you do that, I think Mark's no margin, no mission comes full to life because certainly if we do not have the revenue and the margin. And, you know, we say also cash is king Mm -hmm. and do not have the cash to reinvest in the inventory of the hospital and the buildings and those things. We we have a problem, you know, and and so what we've been very effective with recently, if Mark's arrival is looking at this whole concept of reimbursement finance and then Mm -hmm. employing that with a growth strategy. How can we look at services in the community that will support what we're really good at? You know, and we can't be everything to everybody. And we've accepted that. That's not always been the case for 106 years, Rachel. You know, we thought we could do it all. Right. I am never going to say we can do it all because that would be very foolish of us to say. But we can really do well what we know we can do well. And then that will follow up with our margin and our mission. So when you talk then about, I love that no margin, no mission. I feel like marketers need to take that on too, honestly, because it totally applies. Um, But JJ, you mentioned growth strategy. You have to have a strong growth strategy. 
But as part of that, obviously, finance is heavily involved because when we look at a new service line, Mark, your team is involved in putting together a pro forma typically and analyzing those things. Not being a finance person at all, I have never understood how those processes work with things like forecasting. How do you estimate what type of revenue you might get from a service that doesn't yet exist and you don't really know in too much depth what the market might bear? So, you know, we have a saying in marketing, which is that hope is not a strategy. So how do you <laughs> how do you determine whether or not, yes, we should move into that new growth option from a finance perspective? Right. You know, a lot of it is, you know, looking at the market. You know, what type of service are we looking at? And more importantly, where are those um, community members going for that service? And can we justify that service being here in Hillsdale? Um you know, we, regardless, we still have the challenges of our payer mix. We're not going to put in a service and it's automatically going to be 100% commercial because right. that's not the makeup of our community. Uh, we're still going to take care of the Medicare and the Medicaid population regardless of what that service line is. So that makes it a challenge right there mm-hmm. um, when you look at the payer mix. But you want to look at, you know, what is your expected market share going to be? What are your expected revenue and expenses? And then see what kind of bottom line it it can add to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, believe it or not, our time has come to an end today. We've enjoyed thoroughly speaking with you, but I am going to ask you another question. So this will be our last question today. It really focuses on uh, what has plagued our industry over the last year, uh, and that is the significant financial struggles that COVID-19 has placed on hospitals. Rule it specifically. We know that uh, uh, dozens of hospitals, as Rachel said, since 2010 have closed, but they're forecasting that because of COVID, uh, there's expected upwards of 900 hospitals in the next few years. Becker's just came out with that report, will close. And that's it's a huge amount of responsibility on your shoulder, my shoulder, as leaders of the hospital from financial perspective and operations. So, you know, what are you specific to rural health care as COVID is impacted as we move forward? You know, what are you hearing and learning from others in the industry about how to successfully move forward? What is the strategy? Yeah, I would say COVID has definitely had a significant impact on the hospital's volume and the number of patients that we're seeing. You know, initially the volume declined and it impacted all of our service lines. We're starting to see that um, that has improved. Um, I think where we've been um, proactive is that we were, right from the get-go, we were looking at our staffing model to make sure that we were staffing appropriately based on our volume. Um, So we have seen some improvement in that area. Um, As you know, the federal and state government came up with some grants and some loans that we've taken advantage of. But there's so much uncertainty with those programs right now, it's still hard to kind of navigate that process. I I think the lessons learned from COVID-19 is be prepared for the unknown. You know, I go back to the phrase, save your money for a rainy day. Well, it's raining right now. And and fortunately for Hillsdale Hospital, um, we have a very strong balance sheet, which means we have ample cash and low debt. So we're able to weather the storm. So I think the community should have confidence that we're here for the long run despite COVID. Absolutely, Mark Gross, and in part because of your leadership and your direction, and we want to thank you for that. Uh, Today we have been joined by Mark Gross, Chief Financial Officer and Vice President of Finance for Hillsdale Hospital. A friend, a mentor, a leader, but most of all, a world-class Chief Financial Officer. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. 
And now for our favorite part of the show, the voice of the patient. Margot has worked for Hillsdale Hospital for nearly 22 years in the emergency department. And her mother has lived in the McRitchie Skilled Nursing Facility for three years now. Before COVID-19, Margot would visit her mom regularly. Almost every day, she'd stop by McRitchie and spend time with her. However, once COVID struck, just because Margot worked part-time for the hospital, she was no different from the other family members who wanted to see their loved ones. The unit was shut down to all visitors to maintain the safety of all the residents inside. Margot was unable to be in the same room as her mother for several months. It was very hard on us as a family, she explained. My mother has a great-granddaughter who's a year old now that she hasn't been able to hold yet because of COVID. So that's been heartbreaking for her not to experience that. But they're taking good care of her here, and that's what matters. Hearing these stories is so critical to, to the mission and the purpose of what we are doing here with Rural Health Rising. We want to make sure that the patients remain at the center of what we're doing, because we're discussing a lot of different issues. We're discussing a lot of different aspects of healthcare, But ultimately, it's always great to hear those experiences and have those be a consistent part of our show every week. Before we close, Mark, we like to do a fun segment with each of our guests. So we want to know, what is your most unique rural experience or one of your favorite memories that is unique to rural life? And listen, we've heard them all. Tractors, goats, cows, you name it. So, Mark, what is your most unique experience? This is a challenge, let me tell you. I got one. You got that lots I, of I got one that I know you can't air. <laughs> tell me that one later. Okay, yeah, that's right. When we're not recording. Um, you know, the one I remember, I was at a, the CEO working with the CEO of a, a rural hospital, and she would always tell this story where she was at the grocery store, and this woman came up to her, and and she knew that she was the CEO, and and she said, "Hey, I got to complain about some poor service that I had at the hospital." And the CEO, you know, she wanted to take care of it, obviously. And so she said, well, when did this happen? And the woman said, well, my son was two years old at the time, and now he's 18. <laughs> and 16 years ago, the yeah, sins of our fathers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it really kind of amplifies being in a rural yes. environment where you're, you're taking care of your neighbors. And so one little misstep like that, Nobody forgets that. And so um, I think it just kind of reiterates that you got to continue to provide that quality service, good customer service to every patient every time. Because it could haunt you for life. Absolutely. That's what we call uh, telescoping memory in healthcare in general, but it is definitely stronger in a rural environment because everything we do is more personal because we're small. So when something goes wrong, it feels more personal um, to the patient. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us today, Mark. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll talk about the final pillar, growth. So be sure to tune in. And as a reminder, we are collecting patient testimonials to be featured during our Voice of the Patient segment. If you have an experience to share about the positive impact you or your loved one has had as a patient at a rural hospital or healthcare provider, call our direct-to-voicemail line at 269-447-1265 or email us at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com. Your story just may be featured on a future episode of Rural Health Rising. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. Until next time, stay safe, 
Stay healthy and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Mark Gross, Vice President and Chief Financial Officer for Hillsdale Hospital. For more interviews like this and more information or to share your patient or family testimonial with us, visit RuralHealthRising.com.